0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Visit crawfordmediagroup.net and click on their banners to donate. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush.
1: Back with another episode of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with all the guys, Neil and Roger and John, myself, Bob. Hey guys, how are you?
2: Doing great, Bob. How are
1: you? Oh, good, good. Looking forward. to By the way, anybody? We're all guys, so none of us have started Christmas shopping yet, right? Correct. (laughs)
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. I'm I'm just done. Saying, if what any... are you talking about? Oh, okay.
1: Well then you're out of the guy club.
3: You're that guy.
1: Yeah. I'm that I guy. Know. That's right. Oh man. No, 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 no. For me it's all about uh it's all about seven eleven big gulps on Christmas oh, Eve. Good so grade. That's there you how go. it works. That's the there only thing left it. open. Seven <laughs> eleven gift card. All right. So what we're gonna talk about this week is really a, a mixed bag of a few things. Some of the kind of big things that have been going on over the course of the last week. This week, President Biden had a big signing ceremony for the Disrespect. Oh, I'm sorry, Respect for Marriage Act. We'll discuss that. Also, the latest was Sam Bankman Fried being arrested now. This is the big, uh, the big crypto scammer. And if we get time, talk about the Brittany Griner swap with Victor Boot. And what a disaster that whole swap is. But let's start with the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. So President Biden on Tuesday has this huge ceremony, all kinds of people out there, big rainbow flag-waving ceremony. He's got performers out there singing. He's got drag queens. By the way, this one drag queen... That he had, let's face it, this is a guy, this is a man who wears women's clothing, women's makeup, and he's also known for doing drag queen story time hours with little children. This is his actually primary demographic, a bunch of little children, and he teaches them gender confusion and sexuality. This is what he does. He's also extremely anti-cop. He's tweeted the words, quote, blank the police, the F word, uh, and other things like that. So that's who this guy is. And President Biden gives him an official White House invitation to come there and be the star of the day. This is today's Democratic Party, plain and simple. I don't think any Christian ought to be using their vote to support this particular party. But the Defense of Marriage Act itself, we're being told by the left and by the media that all this really does is codify same-sex marriage in America, that it takes away the opportunity of a future Supreme Court to overturn the 2015 Obergefell decision, thereby leaving the question of gay marriage back to the individual states. So they're taking this out of the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court with legislation. All right, but here's the thing. When you look at this bill, we're being told by the left that it has a religious exemption, because there was a religious exemption amendment that was put in this by Susan Collins, a Rhino Republican, and some Democrats as well. And of course, if this is something the Democrats are all going to be good with, you know that this is not a real religious exemption. And let me stress, before we go around the table on this, because I just want to, for our, our listeners, I want to make sure everybody knows, If you watch the news media, they will claim, well, hey, this has a religious exemption for people, for for individuals and for organizations to opt out of having to do things like perform gay marriages or or do things that would violate their beliefs. So you'll think, hey, we're covered, right? No, you got to read the fine print because then it defines what constitutes a religious organization. And it says that it has to be an organization whose, quote, principal purpose is advancing religion. Well, let's face it, churches have, quote, advancing religion as their principal purpose, but Christian-owned businesses, that's not their principal purpose. Their business is their principal purpose. Even Christian charity, look, Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham, clearly this is a Christian organization. No one would question that. However, advancing religion is not their principal purpose. Her principal purpose is helping the poor and helping the needy. That's their principal purpose. It's just done under the foundation of Jesus Christ. So this religious exemption is written in a way that allows liberal judges to deny the exemption for not only Christian businesses, but Christian charities. And I'm telling you right now, these LGBT activists are going to be targeting Christian businesses and Christian-run charities and Christian adoption agencies and Christian homeless shelters and other charities, they're going to be targeting them more than they ever have before, mark my words, over the next few years. And this law and the way the religious exemption is actually written will give them cover to go after and financially destroy Christian businesses and Christian charities. Now, that's my rant about this whole thing. Let's go around the table and talk about this now if we could. And uh, maybe, Neil, if we could start with you, Neil Braun. Neil Braun, live out of Buffalo, New York. Some of your immediate thoughts about this Respect for Marriage Act and some of the lies that we're being told about this.
4: Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. If all the Democrats agree that this is a good thing, (laughs) watch out. Um, Bottom line is they are going to use this to come after organizations like uh, Christian Schools Uh, adoption agencies, et cetera, and for a variety of different reasons. In fact, I was talking with Emma Waters yesterday, who's a policy analyst at the Heritage Foundation, and she said, there's virtually no protection in here for Christian organizations. So I said, so what right. about a pastor who preaches, you know, on the biblical definition of marriage? She said, probably wouldn't go after him. But uh, then a gay couple in the neighborhood would say, hey, we want to use your church for our wedding reception. They'll get married at the park, but then, you know, come down the street and do the reception mm-hmm. of the church. If you turn them down, when in fact you've had other wedding receptions there, then they go after you on that basis. So they're going to be looking for ways strategically, and I think this spells um, some difficult times ahead for Christian organizations, no doubt about
1: it. Absolutely. Now, I will say, the churches, the attorneys that would defend the churches, they would have a little bit more solid ground to stand on because they could argue that advancing religion is the Principal purpose of that church, okay? and so therefore, I think legally, the churches would probably win cases like that right now. Although they would be financially hurt by the amount of money that they would have to spend, but Christian-run charities, oh, uh, let alone Christian businesses, they are absolutely on the hook for this. And this is such a shame because the only reason that this happened, only reason is because you've got anywhere from 25 to 35 percent of self-described Christians who continue to vote Democrat and who in 2020 couldn't bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump. And so what do we got? We got Joe Biden. We got Democrats controlling the House and the Senate, at least the House for right now. If even half of self-described Christians would not have voted for Democrats in 2020. Republicans would control the House, control the Senate, and control the White House. It's that simple. Do the math. So, this is something Christians have to reckon with. Uh, we're going to talk some more, obviously, about this and get get John and Rogers' take uh, on the Defense of Marriage Act. But I want to remind everybody in the meantime, you continue, hear us to, you continue to hear us talking about preborn. And we want all of you listening to or watching this podcast. We really want you to help save babies' lives through Preborn. You know, I know the pro-abortion industry, they're really pushing forward right now with everything they can to force abortion in America because they're so upset about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Well, that's all the more reason why we need to support organizations like pre-born. Remember, they partner with pro-life centers all across America by showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to the moms. And those moms choose life 83% of the time, statistically, when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. So we're asking you to do this. Here's what it boils down to. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion. We're asking everybody listening to us right now to do at least $280 and save 10 babies' lives. Now, if you could do more than that, great. Do $280 for 10, do $2,800 to save 100 babies' lives. And listen, we need some of you out there to be willing to give $15,000 to buy an ultrasound machine. And that way you'll be responsible for saving thousands of babies' lives. It'd be a nice tax write-off for you too. So if you could do that, great. For the rest of everybody else, $280, 10 babies' lives, what do you say? Here's how easy this is. Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can go there right now, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab and go ahead and give right there 100% of what you give goes straight to funding ultrasounds, not a dime for overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can also call and donate by phone, 833-850-BABY. It's 24 hours a day they answer the phones. And so call right now, just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. Okay, 833-850-BABY. We appreciate you folks doing this. As we continue talking about the Respect for Marriage Act, as it's called, and President Biden signing this thing, on Tuesday of this week, John Rush rushed Reason out of Denver, Colorado, your thoughts on really this misnomer. What a joke to call it the disrespect or to call it the Respect for Marriage Act. That's like calling their huge inflation uh, increasing bill the right. Inflation Reduction Act. Isn't it amazing the verbiage these Democrats use?
3: It is, and I know Roger will talk more about this in a minute, but there's a really good article on ADF's website talking all about this and really uh, reiterating a lot of what you've already said, Bob, that... Is it really a Respect for Marriage Act, or is this an open door for certain groups, like you said earlier, to then go and target and attack certain businesses, uh, nonprofits, and so on? And really, to me, that's what this really does, is down the road, this just opens up the door to have essentially more lawsuits. I mean, the only body really, in my opinion, that benefits off this are attorneys.
1: Yeah, well, uh, there's no doubt they will benefit. But, John, we both know that the LGBT activists, okay, that they are con- they already yep. target right. Christian owned businesses. You know, That's like right. the, the, the Colorado ba- uh, the Colorado baker uh, Jack Phillips, but certainly re- more recently Lori Smith there in Colorado, this website designer. Right. They go after these Christian businesses and they say, "We could go to your competition, but we refuse to. We want you to do it, and if you refuse, we're going to financially destroy you." If they're doing that already. Before you have this this Respect for Marriage Act in place, you know they're going to be doing this, John, on steroids. And by the way, can I just uh, also toss up here? This is not the same Democratic Party of your father, okay? Because remember, this repeals the Defense of Marriage Act. It repeals repeals DOMA. Who signed the Defense of Marriage Act? It was Bill Clinton. So today's Democratic Party is undoing what they consider the evil of what Bill Clinton did as president, John.
3: That's correct. No, and to your point, this is just an, you know, call it another bullet in the gun, another arrow in the quiver, whatever. This just gives them more ammunition, if you would, at the end of the day to go out. and, And, you know, and we know that they seek those businesses and organizations that they feel they want to, you know, tear apart or bring down. And all this does is give them more ammunition to do so, in my opinion.
4: Yeah. Can yeah. I jump into for just a yeah. second? I mean, you guys are talking about this. We did, I think it was last week, we were talking about Laurie Smith and the 303 creative thing. You mentioned Jack Phillips, the cake baker. You know, these are stories that we've been hearing about in the news for a number of years. Um, Supreme court just heard that argument last week on the 303 creative thing. But the reality is, you know, this isn't just stories about other people. Now this is stories about organizations that you and I belong to local mm-hmm. Christian organizations and charities. And mm-hmm. honestly, uh, John, you mentioned the word ADF or the, the phrase ADF, that's Alliance Defending Freedom. And they actually <laughs> happen to be one of our sponsors now. I mean, it's an incredible organization that I think I just want to bring up here for a minute because, you know, one of the tactics of the left here now, and you know, pro-LGBTQ groups is going to be to file discrimination lawsuits against organizations and individuals and who's going to be able to afford the cost of, of, you know, litigating this stuff. Bottom line is, any case that Alliance Defending Freedom takes, um, they take pro bono. This is, you know, an incredible organization that's all about defending our religious freedom. You know, our uh, right to, to define marriage biblically, et cetera, and to stand for parental rights and the pro life issue. Incredible organization, and I'm grateful that they're one of our sponsors. I just wanted to mention, uh, you guys probably know this, they've won 14 victories you know, at the US Supreme Court level. Uh, 80% of any case they ever took on, they won. Uh, so it's a solid organization, and we're going to need them now more than ever before, because I want those of you who are listening and all of us here discussing this to think about the fact that this is potentially going to be one of us one day. Who's right. going to stand for us? And thank God for Alliance Defending Freedom. And one of the incredible things about giving to them right now is that every gift is matched. So if it's your first-time donation, you know, $200 becomes $400, 500 becomes 1000 So I just want to encourage anyone who's listening now, because it's imperative, uh that we support organizations like this to give to Alliance Defending Freedom and we've got a banner on our website CrawfordMediaGroup.net uh, you can go there click on that banner it'll take you directly to the donation page or you can call 877-367-6461 so it's CrawfordMediaGroup.net or 877-367-6461 6-1. I just thought it's important to throw that out there because the reality is we're going to need this information at some point down the line, every yeah, one we, of us.
1: We, we absolutely are. You could not be more right. And Roger, let me ask you, Roger Marsh, of course, of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. I mean, to Neil's point, we really are. Christians and Christian-owned businesses and Christian charities and ministries, they really are going to need Alliance Defending Freedom a lot uh, right now. This is why this Truly is so important. But we got to remember, too, that it doesn't have to be this way if we can just convince Christians to stop voting for today's Democratic Party because this defense of marriage, this Sodom and Gomorrah show that happened yesterday, that happened Tuesday at the White House, this is something that should not be celebrated in this country at all. We should not have somebody who is known for being a drag queen teaching sexuality to little children, kindergartners. Uh, 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 This is basically a, think about Captain Kangaroo with little children. Now, today's Captain Kangaroo are guys in drag teaching sexuality to children, strangers teaching children this kind of stuff, and that's who Joe Biden invites as the star at the White House.
2: Yeah, Mr. Green Jeans wouldn't have a prayer because he'd be replaced (laughs) by Dragzilla or
1: something like that. Way to to access Mr. Green Jeans. I I remember him. I remember him.
2: (laughs) That's right. You know, it's it's interesting as we're talking about the parameters and the definition here. Ironically, the people who are celebrating, well, what a great day in America because you know the the same sex lobby now gets to have marriage. There really isn't a whole lot to change from Obergefell in, in codifying this into law. What all of the uh, the heavy lifting is going to go to the church. And I want to bring up something that that I think is is an important point of distinction. We talked about okay, well, the churches should be okay because their you know their job is to. Continue to present the gospel and you know try to save souls and that type of stuff, but it's the other businesses that might run risk. I want to warn churches and caution them that if you have a Christian school or if you do weddings on your campus and you have an event coordinator for that. We've seen this happen in the People's Republic a number of Mm -hmm. times, where if you're, okay, we're the first church of the Nazarene or whatever, and we also have a whole division here because I was part of a church for many years that has a beautiful sanctuary overlooking a lake. It's a gorgeous setting. And they literally set up a whole separate division that would rent out the church for weddings. I mean, it was a great source of revenue for the church, and you've got a full-time musician, a videographer, all this stuff, it's basically a business. This is the place where the camel's nose will go under the tent, so to speak, and they'll say, okay, well, yeah, you're a church, but... You know, we right. can make the argument that you do, mm-hmm. do this. Uh, the last church I was a part of had a very firm policy that I really appreciated, and that was they only did weddings for church members or family friends who were recommended, and they never charged for their services. Now, they did that because they thought it was good ministry, but their lawyer took a look at that and said, that's absolutely brilliant, because now you could say, this is a part of the ministry of the church. They would encourage people to make a donation to the church, which they invariably would because they got a beautiful church and a nice social hall, and they didn't have to pay that much for it. But if you you have to. This is the place now where we have to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. The idea that you might think my church is okay because there's there's an exemption here. But the reality is the rhinos who voted against this all have very good reasons for this. Mitt Romney voted in favor of and against our values because he was one of the first governors when he was governing uh, Massachusetts to institute this type of thing. Joni Ernst is part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is one of the most gay-friendly Lutheran denominations you'll find. Rob Mm -hmm. Portman was on his way out the door and his daughter's gave. I mean, everybody has a story here. So uh, uh, lest we spend too much time clutching our pearls and saying, who are these Republican rhinos who turn? I mean, they've been rhinos for a long time. Maybe we just woke up and started paying attention to what they've been doing here.
1: Right. Well, and by the way, in the House, this thing passed the House with 39 Republican votes. Okay, zero Democrat votes against it, but 39 Republican votes in the House, 12 Republican votes in the Senate Uh, and, of course, zero Democrat. So Democrats all stick together. It's the Republicans that have these rhinos that we can't seem to weed out of the party. So I I think uh, every single one of those so-called Republicans ought to be ashamed with what they supported, what they voted for happening at the white house
2: Uh, you know bob one more thing i'd like to add Um, during the election the midterm elections 2022 we saw the really crazy paradox of democrats saying your democracy is at risk and so you need to vote and the same democrats are the ones who are saying and now we want to federalize the elections we want to federalize everything we want to take something that's a state's rights issue and turn it on its head and make it back into a federal issue so there goes your constitutional republic but don't worry we saved your democracy I mean, I, the hypocrisy is To your point, I still don't understand. And I, with all due love and respect for people I know who are Christians and registered Democrats, it, you're still voting for John Kennedy, and you have to deal with Joe Biden. Right. Well, and there's some other
1: things, too. Uh, and you're so right, uh, Roger, on this. I, but there's a lot of Christians that still vote Democrat, not just because they think they're voting for John Kennedy's party, and they're not. You're absolutely Right. But they also have bought into some common lies. And, John, I want to throw some of these common lies at you because, you know, you've got people in your audience that tend to vote Democrat and think, well, yeah, neither party's perfect. And I disagree with the Democrats on abortion, okay? But uh, the Democrats are at least the ones who care about the poor where the Republicans don't. The Democrats are the ones who at least care about minorities where the Republicans are racist. The Democrats are the ones who at least welcome the sojourner, whereas the Republicans are anti-immigrant. And and so these are perceptions That some Christians have that I got to vote Democrat because that's the only way that I can care for the poor and care for minorities and welcome the sojourner. Uh, These are some lies that are being believed by these Christian Democrats. And this is where Republicans have to do a better job at marketing the truth
3: agree. And, and it's total lies because, number one, if you look at the economy, where we're at, interest rates, which are going to go up again today, most likely this is Wednesday, they're most likely going to go up today. All of these things that are going on right now, economically speaking, the, the price of food and so on, affects those folks that they're trying to protect or who they say they love the most. This particular party wants to keep them enslaved. They don't want to see them out on their own doing well on their own. Uh, this is exactly by design. And, and if you're voting for this, you're perpetuating that over and over over again as far as the immigration side goes, Bob. Uh, yeah, we, we just believe in legal, you know, the, the type of immigration that benefits the country at the end of the day, not this mass, Im, you know, not this invasion that we have going on right now, which by the way, talk to any true immigrant that's come to this country correctly and as a citizen of the United States, and they're on our side on that. They don't believe in this mass invasion that we have going on either. So, mm-hmm. every one of these things that you just said, Bob, to your point, is an out-and-out lie. They, they decorate it up, they make it seem like it's legit. They, they try to factualize it, you know, some certain way. And, and the dumb thing is, you know, through a three or four second sound soundbite, Christians will believe this nonsense and then vote for it.
1: I know, I know. And Neil, let me ask you, you're a pastor, of course, Neil Boron. And as a pastor, we know, certainly Christians, we're supposed to welcome the sojourner. Last time I checked, the Republican Party does welcome the sojourner, but they welcome them legally. Uh, and it's the same thing with the poor. The The conservatives in America, we do care about the poor. The best way you can help a poor person is turn them into a former poor person. Uh, the worst way you can help a poor person is by keeping them poor, by right. perpetuating government dependency. But this is what the Democratic Party does. And so how do we get those Christians who vote Democrat, who are voting for the drag queen party, How do we get these Christians to realize you're being lied to about which party's policies are best for the poor, best for minorities, and best for immigrants and the rule of law?
4: Well, on the one hand, I feel like we've been talking till we're blue in the face and it doesn't seem to be getting through. I think we still need to continue to do what we're doing here on the round table, say the kind of things that we say here, talk about the things we talk about, but at the same time, I think we need to pray because I think we're honestly talking about spiritual blindness in some cases. everything that you just mentioned John and Bob you guys were talking about this it it's true. It's right. I mean, I just saw an article the other day about the mass exodus from Cuba. Why are people getting out of there? Because they hate socialism. Um, You know, The Republican Party was the party that helped free the slaves. The Democratic Party today, if you listen to a guy like Clarence Mason, he'll tell you that they're the party that want to keep African-American people on the plantation. He means that metaphorically, but what he's saying is, hey, listen, if we can keep you dependent upon us, then we've got your vote forever. But the reality is, if you're dependent on anyone, you're not free. You're not enjoying whatever. It really means to be an american so the bottom line is i mean we, we ought to be all about freedom um, i saw a poll recently too i was hoping to do something about it on my uh, on my show one of these days but two of the three biggest problems uh apparently Uh, have been identified you know for future generations here is dependence on government and dependence on parents Uh, both of them interestingly relate to dependence so the idea of setting people free to become everything that they they can become the entrepreneurial spirit that John Rush is all about and that we ought to celebrate the same kind of spirit that brought people over you know on boats from Europe uh, in the 1800s and 1900s you know immigrants my grandparents were Polish immigrants. They came here, they made a life for themselves right um you know that's that's ultimately what America's about but we do it legally we don't just open our borders and let people come flooding in I mean what a threat to national security what a threat to our future uh, I can't believe that people fall in line and just vote for this stuff blindly and if continuing to talk about it isn't working then we need to pray and fast at the same time because yeah. I honestly think we're not just dealing with ignorance we're dealing with spiritual blindness I,
1: I think you're so right there's in the natural it doesn't make logical sense for people to be dis- this disconnected from reality There's got to be a spiritual blindness uh, at play here, certainly, the enemy is very busy. We know that. All right. It, what we're going to do, folks, now, because there's a lot more to talk about in this podcast. In the second half, we're going to be discussing Sam Bankman-Fried. We're going to be discussing Brittany Griner and that swap. And we also want to remind everybody if you haven't donated yet to Preborn, please do that now. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net. Crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab. Give $280. That will stop 10 abortions. Remember, preborn folks have been around for a long time. They partner with pro-life pregnancy centers all across America showing ultrasound images. They're the ones showing ultrasound images of these babies to the moms. And that's why these moms are choosing life, because they see these images. But it takes money. And just to give you an idea, pre-born in the first six months of this year had over, just under 26,000 abortions stopped. Just under 26,000. Folks, that's almost 1,000 a week And along the way, there are over 4,600 first-time decisions for Jesus Christ among these moms. So is that worth $280 to you to stop 10 abortions, save 10 babies' lives? Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. Give right there. 100% of what you give goes to funding ultrasounds. Not a dime goes to overhead. So go now. And then if you want to donate over the phone, just go to just call 833-850-BABY. Right? 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24 hours a day. You can call right now. We appreciate you folks doing that. The second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast, if you're listening on the regular radio, your radio station locally might not play the second half right now. They might play it at a different time. So go to, your, uh, go to the website of your local radio station and look where the second half is played. And if it's a different time, you can listen then. Or right now, you can listen to the second half online by going to crawfordmediagroup.net or Apple Podcast Stitcher, tune in wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also watch video of this podcast at myhopenow.com. Second half coming up next.
0: This has been a Crawford Media Group production.
1: Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all the guys, Roger Marsh of the Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Okay, so the first half we talked about the Disrespect for Marriage Act. second half... Let's talk about Sam Bankman-Fried and maybe a little bit of the Brittany Griner swap if we get time. But Sam Bankman-Fried, this is the crypto scammer who was running this FTX organization and he was collecting billions of dollars from investors in this exchange, basically a crypto exchange. What was he doing with that money coming in with his investors' money? Oh, he was giving tens of millions of dollars of it to the Democrats uh, to help them get elected. As a matter of fact, Elon Musk About a billion, about a billion. Yeah, Elon Musk says it was a billion. Now, we don't know if Elon Musk is accurate or not accurate. I would not be a bit surprised if he wasn't right about this and it really was a billion dollars, which begs the question, where did that money go? Uh, But so here's a guy who's, Funding the Democratic Party the way that he is, the number two and very possibly the number one donor to Democrats in the entire country, in the entire world, this guy. And so uh, he was also taking that money to use for, to give to his girlfriend to run Alameda, the subsidiary organization. And then he was, of course, living a lavish lifestyle we know in the Bahamas. But here's something that's interesting about this he, he gets arrested. Okay, And John, I want to ask you about this because maybe I'm being conspiracy theory here, but he was scheduled this week to testify Mm -hmm. before Congress and he agreed to testify before Congress. I know. And he, he said, let's do this. I just want to talk. I'm ready to do it. Now, the Department of Justice... This should have been Jonathan Turley, George Washington University professor, had a great point. He said, This is like a prosecutor's dream. The Department of Justice should have been like, Yes, let him talk because everything he says mm-hmm. can be used against him because he hasn't been charged with a crime yet. However, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, went ahead and stepped in and said, No, you know what? We're going to level charges now, right before he of testifies. Giving him an opportunity to lawyer up and shut up. And you know something, John? I think it was because the Democrats and Joe Biden knew full. They gave the DOJ instructions, which is we don't want this guy. Wraps. Let's right. let's let's get him to lawyer up. Let's yep. put some duct tape over his mouth because he's going to d- Democrats get get thrown under the bus, and so we want this guy to shut up. And so the Department of Justice has been used to give this guy and Democrats cover. I find this disgusting, John.
3: Bob, it's as plain as the nose on your face that that's exactly what they did. They didn't that's want right. this guy talking. He's a loose cannon anyways, as we know, because he's just so eccentric. They would have, you know, they have right. no idea what this guy's going to say, no matter what he's been prepped to say or not say. This guy's a loose cannon before, you know, <laughs> before Congress. It, it, it just isn't going to happen. And, and you saw that this week. I mean, and this guy, I, I've said it numerous times. I'll keep saying it. And I know Bernie Badoff, you know, did a lot of things over the years and, and very, you know, you know very shady, one of the biggest Ponzi schemes ever. But Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, if we let this guy go scot-free, which, mark my words, he will, we owe Bernie Madoff, and I know he's dead, but we owe him an apology.
1: I know, absolutely. But I guess what's so frustrating about this, and Roger, let me ask you, Roger Marsh, bottom line, out of California, uh, I just think it's, if we were watching this in another country, we would call that country a banana republic and a corrupt administration. To have the Department of Justice say we're getting ready, we're getting ready to bring charges against somebody, but instead of waiting a couple of days so that this person could give us a bunch of ammunition to use against them, let's go ahead and get him to lawyer up now so that we can protect the Democrats from anything he's liable to say before Congress, since he's the number one donor of the Democrats in the world. Uh, I just I find it amazing that. That the Department of Justice is being used in this way?
2: Well, I, I, we're amazed, we're confused, uh, but we, I guess we really shouldn't be. I mean, unless for some reason they all of a sudden just had a, a major, you know, breakdown in terms of the way they actually put this together. By the way, full disclosure, there are some people on both sides of the aisle saying, hey, FTX is a disaster. A billion dollars, but they also gave money to Republican candidates too, and it's true. I mean, they made donations, a $2 million donation to the Congressional Leadership Fund and a million dollars to the Senate Leadership Fund, but what's $3 billion compared to $1 billion? I mean, for crying out loud. Can we get a little perspective here? And yeah, they're playing the game perfectly. You pass the uh, Disrespect for Marriage Act at a lame duck session of Congress. You have a big, you know, thing at the white house with the rainbow lights everywhere. And then you've got this charade going on here where he won't last a day in a Bohemian prison. I mean, he's not, certainly he will be extradited right. until after everybody collectively will hopefully they think of, uh, you know, forget about this, but uh, it's just banana Republic is a kind way of describing where we're headed right now. And I think that it's, it's something that every American citizen should be outraged about. And the question then is, well, what recourse do we have?
1: Right.
4: Yeah. Well, can I just jump in real uh, yeah, quick? Yeah, Neil, please. I, just, I mean, my thought, and I know very little about cryptocurrency, you know, but just Hearing the way you guys describe that, when I saw it an unfolding, and I knew that he had been a major donor to the Democratic Party, my first thought was, you know, what, what is Merrick Garland doing for the same reason that you said it, but somebody might say, well, maybe it was just a foolish mistake, a tactical error. Merrick Garland would have been on the U.S. Supreme Court if Obama had had his That's way. Right. So, you know, if, if they could have got that pushed through. So the reality is he knew exactly what he was doing. And John, you pointed it out well. I mean, the bottom line is where there's smoke, there's fire.
1: Right. Well, and by the way, when you mentioned Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court, remember, we were told that that was a moderate choice by uh, Barack Obama. It's like, yeah, right. We're seeing just how moderate (laughs) he is. Uh, So, okay, so we're all in agreement. Uh, This guy needs to be behind bars. There's no doubt the Department of Justice is so corrupt right now that they actually – got him to lawyer up, put duct tape over his mouth before he could expose his relationship with Democrats in Congress. Like he was willing to talk. It's like, wow. Uh, which it d- does make you wonder what's gonna happen though to the the whole crypto world. And, and I'm kind of curious. Neil, you don't know anything about crypto. So I'm guessing you no. don't have any. I, look, I admit full disclosure, uh, I own a little bit. I, I bought a little bit of Bitcoin and a little bit of Ethereum, one of the altcoins. Uh, and that's about it. And so I, I don't trade it. I don't do anything like this. Like, all right, let me buy a little bit of it. and We'll have it sit somewhere, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens if it. But my attitude was, don't spend any more money for this than you're willing to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it ends up paying off, hey, right. great. And if it ends up not paying off, you didn't invest more than you could lose. What do you think, John? Any? Uh,
3: yeah, I'm with you. I'm the same way I've got just a little bit, not much. If you, yeah. you know, if I lost it, great. If I didn't, not a big deal either way. Uh, I've I've yet to figure out how something backed with air uh, will ever amount to anything. It's just my whole take <sighs> on crypto, and I know there's people out there that'll you know correct me on that and tell me that that's not the case. But frankly, it isn't backed by anything, and these are the sorts of things that happen with FTX because frankly, there is no backing to it whatsoever, none, zero, zilch.
1: I know what what, but you do wonder though. It- you know, this is a businessman. There's something called perceived value. What is something worth? What someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. So, if I give you a jar of air, what's it intrinsically worth? Nothing. But if you're willing to pay fifty bucks for it, then that jar of air is now worth fifty bucks. Well, so it is to that person
3: they- that bought it, but it is to the is it to the next person? That's the problem. crypto's got right now is there are a select few people that see there's some value in it, but the, but it's not widespread enough that I you know personally i and that could be completely wrong and i have been in the past but i don't see it going anywhere i'm sorry it's just not yeah
1: well you know and honestly i still have no clue several years ago i was like hey it's a coin toss could be either way Today in 2022, it's a coin toss. Crypto could go down to zero and be a fad that we talk about like we talk about bell bottoms from the 70s. Mm -hmm. Or crypto could be, wow, it's the new Microsoft. And wouldn't you have loved to have gone back and bought stock early on? I just, I really don't know. It could be either one. I do know this, Bob.
3: I do think that this is a, I hate to. I always use the word ushering in, but, I mean, is this a way for, you know, the end times where you have to have, in, in that case, a, a type of currency that's worldwide? It's, it's probably going to be digitized, things along those lines. Is, is this a stepping stone to help get things to that point? You know, possibly. You, you guys know me. I'm always one where mm-hmm. I, you know, I... Those end of the world scenarios, and even you know, well, the tribulation is tomorrow, and you know, you know, get, get your get your house in order. I mean, your house should be in order at all times, anyway. So that's a whole right. other conversation, probably for another day. But no, I'm not a guy that believes it in that in that way but you know is every single thing I remember when I was a kid you know barcodes were going to be the big deal to usher in the you know the end times and the tribulation and of course we've seen where that's gone but every one of these I will say Bob is you're know, technologically speaking a step in that direction you know when and, and how do we get there that I don't have the answer to do I feel like crypto is one of those things with blockchain technology that enables you know a one world government to track every single thing you do inside and out well absolutely it does but is it going to happen Tomorrow, I don't think so.
1: Well, I'm going to be I, curious and just actually hang on just a second, Neil, if we could, because I really want to get you and Roger in on this as pastors, also. Uh, before we do, though, I do need to remind everybody that uh, some of you have been have been calling in and some of you have been donating to Preborn, and we appreciate you doing that. But I know that there's a lot of the rest of you that have been thinking about it and kind of sitting on the sidelines. So uh, please don't. We want everybody to have some skin in this game. Okay, this is about stopping abortion, saving babies' lives. And all you got to do is give $280 right now, and you can save 10 babies' lives. That's the cost of saving 10 babies' lives, stopping 10 abortions through preborn with ultrasound images. So just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and you can give right now, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. If you want to give over the phone, just give them a call at eight three three eight five zero 850 baby They answer the phones 24 hours a day, 833-850-BABY. But remember, folks, there's some of you in the audience that God has blessed you financially and, and you're doing very well. Maybe you run a business and maybe you're looking for a nice tax write-off for the end of the year. One ultrasound machine costs $15,000. And I'm going to be bold enough to ask some of you listening right now that maybe you're doing well financially. God has blessed you. Would you buy an ultrasound machine for pre-born? It's $15,000. It's a tax write-off. Every dime of that goes to the ultrasound machine, not a penny for overhead. And you know what? Your family legacy, your business legacy will be literally stopping thousands and thousands of abortions. Is that worth it to you? So we need some 15,000 donors, but for everybody else, we need $280 to stop 10 abortions, save 10 babies' lives. So Crawford Media Group, click on the pre-born tab you can give right there as we talk about Sam Bankman Freed and crypto, and as John brought up, is this kind of getting us closer and closer to Mark of the Beast kind of stuff? Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. You also happen to be a pastor, Neil. What's your take on this?
4: Well, I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk about it because I, I get pretty passionate on this. Over the years, I mean, I, I'm a When I was growing up as a kid, there was the movie Thief in the Night, you know, and I remember being terrified by scenes in that movie of the guy cutting his lawn and then all of a sudden he's gone, but the lawnmower's still going. I don't know if you ever saw that, you know, the guy's electric razor is going on the edge of the sink, but nobody's shaving anymore. They're gone. They got taken in the rapture. But, you know, I I was very fascinated with end times theology and that kind of stuff. Here's the bottom line. Scripture is clear. Jesus is coming again. Somewhere along the line, the Antichrist is going to be revealed. So... I guess what I'm saying here is that people that freak out about something, let's say like uh, Bitcoin or you know this kind of digital currency stuff, like, well, this is going to usher in the Antichrist. Electricity is going to usher in the Antichrist. Uh, the internet, worldwide travel, right. you know, credit cards, it all plays. Retinal scanning, everything, fingerprinting, it all plays into it. And so, so do do can we actually stop it? No. Uh, but what we can do is begin to rejoice that one day we're going to see Jesus. In the meantime. We may suffer a little bit, which, by the way, I'm just going to shamelessly throw a plug out again for Alliance Defending Freedom, an incredible organization that's going to be vital in the days Mm -hmm. to come, because when people start coming after Christians, and saying you know what you guys are the problem we're gonna to have to throw you in jail and stuff in the meantime we've got somebody standing for us somebody who says your free speech matters your religious freedom matters and we're not going to charge you anything to defend you to the nth degree and all the way to the supreme court if necessary And these guys are good at what they do i mean they've had 14 victories at the u.s supreme court and i think said earlier, about 80% of the cases they ever took on of any kind, statewide or otherwise, they've won. So right. praise God for Alliance Defending Freedom. We're going to need their help, and you and I, I'm talking about as individuals, the organizations we represent, the ministries that we're a part of are going to need the help of Alliance Defending Freedom. And the cool thing about giving right now is we see how important the need is with the you know passing of the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. We see that this stuff is real. It's right before our face. It's happening in real time. And by giving today, there is a matching donor that stepped up that said any gift given right now, if it's your first donation to ADF Alliance Defending Freedom, is going to be doubled. So think about that as you give, folks, and give generously because a hundred dollar gift becomes two hundred, five hundred becomes a thousand, or whatever God lays on your heart. Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and you know click on the button there for Alliance Defending Freedom, or you can call them if you prefer at 877-367-6461. Uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net or 877-367-6461 and give generously. But, you know, uh, again, I, I reject the idea of hunkering in a bunker and living in fear, because in reality, you know, the Book of Revelation isn't about revealing the Antichrist. It's called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is coming back again, and we will rule and reign victorious. In the meantime, we may sweat a little. But God's got this. So there's no reason for fear, just for awareness and for us to do the work of the kingdom until he comes.
1: That's uh, such a great point. And actually, Roger, I want to ask you about this because you're also a pastor. And you know, I've I've had listeners of mine before. Bob, aren't you doesn't it make you nervous the idea of of doing this that that could be could this be the mark of the beast? Could this be whatever? And it's like, no, it doesn't even remotely make me nervous because uh, uh, I mean, Neil's absolutely right. Electricity is going to be used for, for the mark of the beast. The Antichrist is going to be using all of this kind of stuff. Okay, credit cards moved us down a cashless society. I remember when Ronald Reagan was president and, and we were hearing stuff about, oh, no, 666. And the this barcode scanning things on products were coming out. And, oh, no, here we go. It's the mark of the beast. So uh, the Antichrist is going to use All the kinds of technology that happen to be our conveniences right now. Mm -hmm. So I say, let's use them as conveniences. Let's make sure we're prayed up. Let's recognize it. If there comes a point where it's like you have to get this mark on your hand or on your forehead, and you're not allowed to buy or sell without this particular mark, okay, well then, guess what? The frog recognizes that water just got too hot. But in the meantime... Let's take advantage of the conveniences that technology has to offer, and make sure that we're the wise virgins who always have our lamps full.
2: Yeah, that's a re- really excellent point, and I uh, loved everything Pastor Deal was was preaching on. I'm just sitting here saying, pass the plate. I'm ready. Let's make a donation because <laughs> right. it was brilliant. But you know, I, I want to just say, if I could add something to that with regard to what the times that we're living in right now. If we get too hung up on the little deals, you know, the swiping of the card, Alexis buying on you in your home, you know, cryptocurrency, right. whatever it is. We're, we're really going to miss the forest for the trees. The reality is to reiterate Neil's point Jesus is returning and we want that. that's a good thing. A lot of the things that we're seeing in the culture right now mm-hmm. are literally you know God restoring and renewing all things to himself. so the, the things that are good are getting better and the things that are bad are getting worse. I mean we're just we're seeing a lot more of this type of stuff. but I remember that I mean, there's a term that Jesus used that's kind of, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us because you know Paul tells us in Philippians 4 be anxious for nothing. And yet when Jesus was getting ready to celebrate the Passover, what did he say to his disciples? I have eagerly desired to do this. And you're thinking, wait, why would he do that? As a matter of fact, that term in the original text is a term that was really only used in a negative sense. It means I'm eager to stumble and sin. I'm eager to, you know, I, I, I can't wait to mess my life up. And he's using it to turn it around. It's just another example of the fact that he's making all things new. And so I think there's a part of our hearts that has that same eagerness, if you will, you know that says, mm-hmm. we really want the Lord to come back. We really want to be in heaven with him eventually. We want the rapture. We want all those good things to get to happen. But we also understand, too, Jesus said, I have eagerly desired to have this Passover for you right before he was about to be nailed to a cross, right yeah. before he was mm-hmm. going to go in Gethsemane and say, F- uh, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. And three times he prayed that prayer. So we're all kind of living in this kind of weird mind, body, spiritual, physical tension Right now, that's it's it's exciting and at the same time it's terrifying. So I think that staying the course, prayer and fasting, get with you know good godly counsel of other people, and and just take a look at this and go, wow, isn't this weird? I mean, on these right. strange days, but isn't it exciting at the same time? We kind of have have uh, one foot in both of those worlds right now.
1: Yeah, so true. Which, by the way, can I just say, I will not have Alexa in my home though, but it has nothing to do with the antichrist concerns. I just don't. <laughs> need google and everybody else spying (laughs) well you don't
2: need you don't need vitamins being ordered for you just because you went hey i haven't taken my vitamins today next thing you know ding dong there's amazon it's like like yeah thank you no
4: okay in our last wait wait, real quick have you ever been talking on the air on your show and mentioned alexa and and then heard it kick up in the background of somebody's home because you got a caller on the (laughs) air that actually happened to me (laughs) yeah it
1: was was, alexa was responding to me and i was on the radio (laughs) oh Oh, i hate when that happens okay uh let's in our last few minutes here, though, I do want to get a little bit of the Brittany, Brittany Griner swap on the table here. As you know, President Biden, he made a swap with Vladimir Putin in Russia where we got back Brittany Griner and we released back into circulation the Russian colonel Victor Boot. Now, for people listening to us right now that aren't completely sure, Brittany Griner is a WNBA star, women's basketball star, and she's one of the bigger stars in women's basketball. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, over in Russia, it's common for American basketball players to play over there. They have a basketball market, including women's basketball. Well, she goes over to Russia, and she had in her luggage some. A little vaping devices with some cannabis oil in them. Well, that's legal and normal here in America, but it's not legal in Russia. Now, in Russia, this is not a huge thing. This is something you get a slap on the wrist, you get a fine. So it's very clear that Vladimir Putin and Russia decided we're going to make an example of her and use her for leverage in the future, in which they did. So they arrested her, they charged her, sentenced her nine years in prison. Unjust absolutely, this is an American citizen. We should be outraged that an American citizen is being treated this way. However, Joe Biden, he recognizes that, hey, here's an opportunity for me to look really good with my LGBT base because Brittany Griner, first of all, she's not only a left winger, she's not only uh, anti-Trump and pro-Democrats and Joe Biden, she also happens to be African-American. She also happens to be an open lesbian, quote unquote, married to a woman. She's also Black Lives Matter hardcore, anti-American national anthem. As a matter of fact, not only would she refuse to stand for the national anthem, she would refuse to even be on the court. She stayed in the locker room saying, I won't even come out there when the national anthem is playing, publicly calling on the WNBA to stop playing the national anthem. So this is who this this woman is. And Joe Biden says, sure, we'll give you a one-on-one swap. You can have her, we want her back. And by the way, Joe Biden did not demand that included in this is Paul Whelan, who is a United States citizen. He's a Marine Corps veteran. He fought in the Iraq war. He also happens to be a Trump supporter. Now, in all fairness... He was dishonor, dishonorably discharged from the military. He stole some stuff, engaged in larceny, and he Actually, was, it was court-martialed. One
3: step below a dishonorable discharge, it was not a okay. Dishonorable yeah, discharge. you
1: know what? Actually, you're you're right. You're right. It was bad conduct. Bad. There you uh, go. Right. It was. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. Uh, and so he did bad stuff. I'm not defending that, of course. But the bottom line: here's a Marine veteran, but happens to be a Trump supporter. Nope. Biden's not going to push for that. He's going to accept Brittany Griner. And the one-for-one exchange puts Victor Boot back into circulation. Now, just to put this into perspective, Victor Boot has been labeled as the world's number one international arms dealer. This is the guy they made the movie about. Nicolas Cage played him called Merchant of Death. This is the guy who has supplied the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah and terrorists around the world with tens of millions of dollars of arms specifically to target Americans, among others. He's responsible for thousands of deaths. Donald Trump had an opportunity to swap Victor Boot for Paul Whelan when he was president, and he told Vladimir Putin, no, I won't trade 100 people for this international arms dealer. Joe Biden did it, put him back into circulation. Now, what do we have? We got uh, the black lesbian leftist who hates the national anthem. And by the way... Before anybody says, well, why are you making it relevant that she's black and lesbian? The White House has been making that relevant. Corrine Jean-Pierre yeah, was talking about how she's yeah. black, she's LGBT. So the White House is bragging about the fact that they got a black lesbian out of there. So if they're allowed to, John, I'm thinking we're allowed to. This is a disastrous trade, and it's so yep. dangerous for the world. What, your, your thoughts, it, it, John? It's
3: awful, guys. And I think... You know, not, you know everything you said, Bob. Spot on. Don't forget that the don't, don't forget the Merchant of Death. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Hear me. I can. Can You hear me now?
1: I can hear yeah. you, John. Okay.
3: So yeah. keep, in, keep in mind, guys. The Merchant of Death. Keep keep in mind, Bob. The Merchant of Death. Not only did he do everything you talked about, he also supplied governments and the opposition the same arms so they could fight against one another and kill each other. I mean, this is right. one of the baddest dudes on the planet. Period. And Period. He's
1: back in circulation now, which I find just despicable. Roger Marsh, your thoughts on this particular swap that Joe Biden did?
2: Well, this, uh, there's a time in the sporting world for uh, the referee or the official to make what we call a non-call, where the play's happening right. and you, don't, you know, decide, okay, that maybe there was a foul, maybe there wasn't. I'm just going to let them play on. This and was by the way, definitely... I'm sorry,
1: Roger, to interrupt you, but just real quick, just so you know, on the clock, we got about 60 seconds.
2: Okay, great. I'll, I'll, I'll shorten it up. Uh, this right. was definitely a moment for the president to make a non-action. I mean, basically, the only choice he was given was Brittany Grinder for the merchant of death. He didn't have to take the deal, but because of political pressure and why, to sign the district act for marriage act, etc., etc., he made a political move. It makes him look like an idiot with Vladimir Putin. It was horrible, P- bad decision. I-, I don't want an innocent American in on trumped up charges either. And I'm glad that at least someone got released. But this was definitely not the time or the place to make this decision.
1: Neil Boron, maybe last 20 seconds. Your thoughts?
4: Incredibly unequal in swap. We shouldn't have done it. National security is at stake. Security of the world, ultimately, and democracy in the world's at stake over this kind of thing. And I think bottom line is this really came down to a public relations grab by the administration, knowing they could get a lot of fanfare for virtually nothing. You know, right. let, let the criminal go and bring Britney home and, and everybody thinks we're wonderful.
1: And then you know what? Other nations around the world, they watch this and they're like, hey, it's open season on Americans. Let's That's kidnap right. them. Let's, uh, let's yeah. hold them hostage for trumped up charges and then we'll be able to get something out of disproportionate. So it's just, oh, just You're ridiculous right. that he did this. All right, folks. Uh, one more opportunity. We want to ask you to donate to pre-born if you haven't already. We need $280 from each one of you. That'll stop 10 abortions. It'll save 10 babies' lives. That's what Preborn does, showing ultrasound images of uh, babies to moms all around the country through a Pro-Life Pregnancy Center. So would you give that $280 today? Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, you can give right there. You can also give over the phone by calling 833 850 and they answer the phones 24 hours a day. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable, if you would. It's a nice tax write-off for you, too. So A33850 baby We appreciate you folks doing that. And we always appreciate you listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. You can listen to previous episodes by going to crawfordmediagroup.net or Apple Podcast or Tune in wherever you listen to your podcast. We welcome your five-star reviews. Thank you for that. If you want to watch video of all of us, don't know why you'd want to see our faces, but you can watch video of this podcast at myhopenow.com. And Neil Baron, Neil baron live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks so much. Looking forward to uh, next week when we'll be talking Christmas. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. You Bob. See you All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless.
0: You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net and you can watch video of the podcast at myhopenow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.